Welcome to Passion Life Church. It's good to see you this morning, and we're so glad that you're here. And we're starting a brand new series entitled Catalyst. And in this series, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an in-depth study of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. I think that's so important. You know, and really what we're going to do in the series as well is I'm going to do some what I call dispookifying. So many people, when you hear the word Holy Spirit, some of you, you've heard or read in the Bible where it says translated Holy Ghost. Um, a lot of times that word has had a bad meaning in some circles. And I think sometimes it's because we don't really look into the word of God. And let me tell you another reason. Because a lot of people base the Holy Spirit on their own experience in life or the experience that they had. And so what I want to do is really look into God's word. And I believe you're going to be so blessed at knowing who the Holy Spirit is. And also, here's what we want to do is we want to really discover what does a fully functioning, fully empowered believer and follower of Jesus look like? You know, I think it's so vital that we know how the Holy Spirit wants and desires to work in our lives so we can cooperate with him. See, I want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and I'll tell you why. Um, I, I'm a little stubborn, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if we have any stubborn people. I'm a little stubborn. And here's what I've known about stubborn people and some things. I, I can be a little bit strong-willed, but I, your strength can also be your weakness. See, you want to be strong-willed in certain things. Right? Leaders are strong-willed a lot of times because, but that's what makes them relentless in pursuit of things. They don't stop. Can, can I get an amen? But there can also be a weakness. And so I'm a little strong-willed. And so there was part of my life where I did not cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, those were the worst years of my life. They were the worst years of my life that I didn't cooperate with him. And what I have learned that if I will cooperate with him, life would be so much better. We sang today, you're never going to let me down. And when I first heard that, I thought, man, people are going to think, well, God's let them down. You know what? God never let me down. I let myself down because I didn't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And so when you cooperate with him, you will find that life will be what God wants you to be. And I picked this word catalyst for a reason. Because a catalyst, look at this definition. A catalyst is a substance that increases the rate of a chemical reaction without itself undergoing any permanent chemical change. A person or thing that precipitates an event. What a catalyst does is it sets something in motion. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit actually begins to draw you to God. If there was ever a time in your life where you sensed that, man, I want to get closer to God, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is already working. He's already beginning to draw you because here's what he does. He sets these events in motion. And so it's interesting because he sets in motion a chain of events and the Holy Spirit comes, and he comes to get things moving in your life. He wants you to start moving. And the Holy Spirit comes to accelerate change. Everybody say that in, in, in here today. Say change. change. Change is a good thing. And I've said this many times. I'll tell you what. The pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of change. And uh, change is good. Change brings growth. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. I'm always concerned where people, when people say, you know, Phil, I don't want to change. No, you need to change. 
That, what you just said, showed me that we all need to get better. Why? Because we're all imperfect people. Come on, can I hear a good amen? I almost want to put a sign, a big banner outside our church that says, no perfect people allowed, right? Because we're just all imperfect people. But notice this. What a catalyst does is a catalyst comes to change without being changed itself. See, so what the Holy Spirit does is he comes into our life. He's perfect. He's holy. But he comes to me who is a sinner. He comes to me who is imperfect, and he has the ability to enter into the mix and make a change but not be changed itself. And so a catalyst will come into my life. The Holy Spirit will come in, and he'll make a change in my life. But you know what? He will affect a change in my life, but it doesn't affect him. Do you know that when people touch Jesus, unclean people touch Jesus, the unclean person became clean. Jesus stayed clean. See, some of us are we're concerned about the Holy Spirit and God working in our life because we're so imperfect. Well, he's a catalyst. And so what he will do is he will change you. But you know what? He doesn't change. That's a good word this morning. And so I have entitled today's message in part one, The Cause in Because. The cause in because. Can we say that? The cause in because. Let's say it one more time. The cause in because. Let's go back to the beginning and let's look at where the Holy Spirit and where he's mentioned. And then I'm going to give you four causes that the Holy Spirit does and works in our lives. Now there's more and we're going to get into that. But let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. The first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I remember as a new Christian, and, and I'd go to church, and I'd turn to Genesis, and I had to actually turn to the table of contents because I didn't know, you know, but, um, but the good thing is we can learn. Genesis is the book of beginnings, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and everybody say this with me, and the what? And the Spirit of God, let's say that again, and the Spirit of God moved. Listen to that. The Spirit of God, what did he do? Moved. He moved upon the face of the water. What do we see here? In the very beginning, we see the Holy Spirit, he's moving. He's moving. Now, when you see in the Bible... You'll see sometimes it's translated the Holy Spirit, and some translations use the word Holy Ghost. Now, the reason why it's translated a little different, because the English translators had a little bit of a tough time. Old Testament is written in Hebrew. So the Old Testament word for spirit is ruach. Now, I want you to say it, but you got to say it like you've got popcorn stuck on the top of your mouth. So let's try it again. Say ruach. Ruach. And ruach means, it's the Old Testament, it means a wind, a breath. A breath, a violent wind. So watch this. God speaks, right? Let there be life. His breath, the ruach, the wind, is translated spirit. And then in the New Testament, it's translated this way, pneuma. Everybody say that with me. Say pneuma. Pneuma is a current of air, blast of breath, right? A strong Breeze. Now, let's look down at verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us 
Let us make man in our image after our own likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing. That I think that's for the ladies. You're not supposed to scream. You have authority over every creeping thing. My wife will scream, Oh my God, you gotta come in here. What? what, what what's happening? Is my son drowned in the bathtub? No, I saw a spider. Where is it? It's there. Where? There. Where? You see it? It's this big. Come on, my love. You have authority over every creeping thing. Smash that thing. I grew up Hispanic, man. That's what chunklas were for. Come on, somebody. Not just to hit your kids with. Hit the spiders. I grew up, man, you did something wrong. My mom would take off her chancla and she used it, that thing like a boomerang. You hit you and then come right back. She'd grab that thing and put it right back. She'd go, don't you mess with me, boy. Come on, everybody say over. Yeah, you can give my mom a good round of applause. That's why I have this scar. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> over every creeping thing. So here we see that God says, let us. This, notice this. It says God's name here. There's many names for God. When you look through the Bible, sometimes you'll see there's Lord, the name Lord. But this word here is Elohim. Elohim means the plurality of God. For us in Christianity, and if you've been coming to church for a while, we say it this way. It's the Trinity. God the Father, right? God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's why the translators, I think, had a little bit of a tough time because you couldn't say God the Father, God the Son, and a current air of blast of a strong breeze. Right, So they translated it into spirit. It wasn't God the Father, God the Son, and then you know a violent wind. It, it, so they, they put this word spirit, Holy Spirit. And so it's God the Father manifested. Now watch, we serve a God who is three in one. Let me say it this way. We serve a God who manifests himself in three ways. He manifests himself as a father. He manifests himself as the son. He also manifests himself as the Holy Spirit. Here's the best way I can illustrate this to you because people are like, Pastor Phil, how, how can this be? Now, you were made in God's image. Because you were made in God's image, you are a three-part being, right? You are a spirit. If you've ever been to a funeral, you see that dead body. That dead body there doesn't have a spirit in it, right? It's just a body. So your spirit is what makes you alive. It's your spirit we're going to learn that God talks to you, that God's going to speak to your spirit. Why does he speak to your spirit? Because he's a spirit. And so he's going to speak to your spirit, right? Even Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. When you read this, right, not only do you read this, this book reads you. But as you're reading this, the thing about this book is it's alive. Why? Because Jesus said, my, my, my words are spirit and life. There's, it's amazing. Before I got saved and before I became a child of God, I used to read this and I couldn't really understand it. But when the Holy Spirit started to move in my life, Life, it's all of a sudden this book came alive because I wasn't just reading it with my natural eyes. The Holy Spirit life was ministering to me, right? And so you are a spirit. You have a soul. That's your mind, will, and emotions. You are an emotional being. You have a will, but then you also have a body. So you are a three-part being. Isn't that interesting how God manifests in three ways? You are made in his image, and you are three-part being. Now watch this. 
If I were to talk to you for 15, 20 seconds, as I talk to you for 15 and 20 seconds, I could connect with all three of those, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your body in one conversation. I am talking to one person. I'm not talking to three people. I'm talking to one person, three in one. It's the same with God. He is three in one, right? And so I, you can see, you, 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 and I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you a couple examples here where you see this manifested. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Mark chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus is about to get baptized, right? He's coming on the scene. John the Baptist is going to baptize him. In Mark chapter 3, verse 16, it says, When Jesus, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened up. He saw what? The Spirit of God. He saw the Spirit of God descending. Watch, my church family. What is the Holy Spirit doing here? Moving. He's moving. He's moving. He's descending. He's moving. He's always moving. I think this is sometimes where our lives get stagnant because the Holy Spirit is moving and we stop moving. We're stop, we're, we stop becoming aware of his presence. And the Bible says that Jesus comes up and look, he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning upon him. Verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. So who's that talking? That's the father. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Watch. So here we see God manifested three ways. Jesus, the son, what is he doing? He's getting baptized. What do we see? We see the father speaking over the son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then what do you see? You see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Now, can I just encourage you? The Holy Spirit is not a dove. All right? Right? Prince was not singing about the Holy Spirit. When doves cry. That's what it sounds like. That's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was funny right there. You totally like, who's Prince? Uh, hello. Okay, so <laughs> Prince of Peace. No, he wasn't the Prince of Peace. Um, and you see Jesus coming up in this glorious moment. So you see the Father, right, speaking to the Son. Jesus coming up. You see the Son, the Father, and here's what you see, the Holy Spirit. All three in one. Listen, manifesting all at the same place at the same time, yet separately. Three in one, right? And so Jesus gets baptized. The Bible says that he goes into the wilderness. He's tempted by the devil. He was tempted by the devil because the Bible says that it was important that he would be tempted in every single way so he can relate to your life. People say, well, God doesn't understand me. He doesn't understand my temptation. Listen, Jesus went through temptation and was tempted in every point so he could help you overcome your temptation. Come on, somebody. We serve a great high priest that is in touch with us. So he goes into the wilderness. He is tempted by the devil. And I love this because the Bible says he comes out in the power of the spirit. So Jesus, we are going to see, has the Holy Spirit upon him. And now he is going to the temple because he's going to start his earthly ministry. I want to share with you what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is upon him to do the cause of Christ. So Luke chapter 4, verse 17, you can turn there. You can just look on the screen. 
He's going to start his earthly ministry. He's reading at the temple. He gets to the temple, and they give him the scrolls. He opens them up, and listen to what Jesus says, Luke chapter 4, verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... Jesus is going to reveal the cause in because. The cause. He's saying to everybody there as he's reading what Isaiah wrote hundreds of years ago, he's saying this. The Holy Spirit is upon me. This is the reason. The Holy Spirit. Here's the cause in because. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight in, to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes all the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, listen to these words. Today, everybody say that with me. Say today. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit has anointed me because. Now, I'm going to explain to you what the word anointed is. Because and please, can, can I just give you a little disclaimer? I have 35 minutes with you today. It is impossible to explain the totality of the Holy Spirit in 35 minutes. So I, can I just encourage you? If you walk out and go, well, he didn't say this, he didn't say that, he did. It's a series, people. I'm giving you chapter one. Okay? I'm just because some people get real critical. Like, well, you know, like, well, I could be here for four hours, but I'm going to be the only one here. Right, And it's going to be a glorious time, but the point is, is that we, we take some, you know, today we can only have so much information. But what I, what, what I want to feed this into you because I'm setting you up for the series. You're going to find out that not only Jesus was anointed, but Jesus by the Holy Spirit has anointed you as well. And we're going to find out that when the Holy Spirit works in your life, he's anointing you for something. And it's actually going to be what the cause in because. This is why you are anointed. But the word anointed means smeared on. When they, they would anoint kings, they would get this, this oil. And they, when King David, when Samuel came and anointed King David, they would pour oil. And it's representative of the Holy Spirit. And that oil would drip down. It means smeared on. But what, would, what were they doing? They were consecrating David to be a king. They were separating him. And see, you need to know this as well. You're anointed. You're separated. God has consecrated you for a purpose, that we are God's ambassadors. And that's what he does. He, he, he does this in your life. And Jesus says, he says, here's the cause and because. The Holy Spirit is on me because he has anointed me. All right, here's the reason why. Now, I want to ask you a question. If I were to ask you today, what are you alive for? You would say, because, fill in the blank. Well, I'm alive because I got a lot of bills to pay. Man, that's sad. That's why you're alive. Or this one, this is my favorite. I'm alive for Friday. TGIF, Friday's here. <laughs> so if the highlight of your week is Friday, you need to get a bigger cause in your life. Friday? 
That's the highlight of your week? I'm off work. Are you just alive to work? Feels like it. Sorry, I'm talking to myself. I know, I have a couple different personalities. They'll come out every once in a while. Can I just tell you, just working is not a cause big enough to live for. Can I hear a good amen? amen? And the Holy Spirit comes on you to give you a cause. Jesus looked at Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, and the Roman governor, Jesus was on trial, and Jesus looked at him, and he said, for this cause I was born that the truth may be revealed. I wonder if you could fill in that blank. For this cause I was born, for what? See, so many people are living small lives, mundane lives. If you're just living for Friday, your life is very mundane. Can I just tell you, if you will live for a cause that is bigger than your life, you will feel the fulfillment that God has for you today. And that can be manifested in a couple different ways, but Jesus is going to outline four causes and here's what the Holy Spirit is going to help you do. He's going to help you live for the bigger picture. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come on you to give you goosebumps. Right? That's not, oh, he's goosebumps. he got goosebumps. Okay, the Holy Spirit's here. Uh-oh, grandma's switching her leg. Grandma, oh, when the Holy Spirit comes on, grandma switches her leg. Uh-oh, Holy Spirit must be here. Can I just tell you this? The Holy Spirit comes on you for a cause, a because. And the cause is to live for a bigger picture. I'm going to tell you something. It's the best thing that me and my wife and my family are doing. We're living for a bigger cause than ourselves. And here's what I tell you. When you're living for this cause, and I'm about to outline what Jesus and really is the cause of Christ, you will find that the little details of your life start taking care of themselves because you start living for a bigger picture. And you were made for greatness. You were made for a bigger picture. I think that's why some of us are so frustrated on the inside because we know greatness is calling. And can I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit starting to move in your life. The catalyst has come to your life to start to move your life. And here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter four, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, right? Let's look at these four causes, right? Here's number one. He has come upon me and anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Let me give you number one. God wants the Holy Spirit to change your life so that you can become good news, so you can proclaim good news. I'm gonna tell you, here's the number one reason why the Holy Spirit comes on you. He wants to make your life good news. You know why? Because that brings glory to God. Let me ask you a question. If you found out that tomorrow morning, the news is going to run a headline about your life. They're going to run it. It's going to be on every newspaper, New York Times, through all of America. It's going to be on every news station. There's going to be one headline about your life. That's the newscast. What would that headline be? Would it be good news? Or would it be bad news? Your life has news your life has news to it, right? And Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he wants you to become good news. Because here's what I've learned. You can't proclaim good news till you are good news. I've never heard people talk about restaurants they've never been to. 
I only hear people talk about places that they've gone. Oh my gosh, you gotta be there. Or we always proclaim about the things that have impacted. Have you seen that movie, Black Panther? Oh man, it's, I heard like 50 people. I'm like, man, I wish people would talk about Jesus that way. You know, like, have you seen Black Panther? So guess what? I went and saw Black Panther. Why? Because all these people are like, go see Black Panther. So I went and saw Black Panther. But why were they proclaiming? Because they experienced it. And when they experienced it, they began to proclaim it. And see, when you look deeper into the word, listen, this word proclaim and preach, listen, it's not just a proclaiming with the mouth. It actually means this uh, in the Greek. It means to bring good news. My life is supposed to bring good news to the world. You know, for those of us that are in the corporate world, you know this. When you schedule meetings, you want to schedule and you want to bring people to the table that add value to the table. Can I just ask you this? If we brought you to the table, right, if we brought you to the table, what are you bringing to the table? Are you just bringing a bunch of circumstances? Are you bringing just a bunch of drama? And that's okay because the Holy Spirit can take what you have and make your life good news. That's the good news of the gospel that we say, you, you look at me, oh, you don't know me. You don't understand what he has done in my life. I was a wreck. I was a sinner, but I needed a savior. See, this is the glad tidings of good news is that no matter how your life is, I came to proclaim to you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can take you from where you are to where he wants you to be today in Jesus name. So if the headline of your life is bad news, I got great news. Jesus can change it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe Jesus is saying this. I want you to experience good news. Why? So you can bring good news. Here's what we need to know. And I put this on the screen for you. See what happens is God always wants to do a work in you before he does a work through you. You cannot give what you don't have. You know, I, I, people tell me, so I don't know how you stand up there. You sweat and like your passion and I love it. And you know, I mean, I just, how do you do that? Can I just tell you? I've experienced the power and the changing power of the Holy Spirit to the point where I can actually stand up here and admit my weaknesses. Because I look in the mirror and I don't even recognize myself anymore because of the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just amazing. And so here's the reality. You can't make a change until you're changed. You can't make a difference until you are different. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Can I, can I just help us today? You're not going to change the world by sitting around watching the news. You're going to change the world by allowing the Holy Spirit to make your life good news. Whoo, that's good. Ooh, I may come back to this church. <laughs> See, proclaiming is just a product of a changed life. I want to say that again. Proclaiming is a product of a change. Have you had people around you that you can't get them to shut up about something that you're not interested in? Have you ever been there? They are so, they won't shut up. I'm telling you. Right? If you're around me and you don't like coffee, you're going to tell me to be quiet. Me and my friend, we all talk about coffee. Come on. It's the Holy Spirit juice. Come on, somebody. It's the anointing. We call it the anointing juice. Right? Because that's what we talk about. Why do we talk about it? Because we love it. And it's funny because we have to tell people, can you talk to somebody about Jesus? Why do we got to tell people to tell? I didn't have to tell you to talk about the movie you saw. I didn't have to tell you to talk about the experience that you had. Here's what happens. 
It's a byproduct of the experience. Do you know that the disciples in the New Testament, the Bible says because they witnessed the resurrection, and you're going to find out that this is what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to make you a witness. The Bible says because they witnessed the, 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 the resurrection, they wouldn't shut up. They actually, they see a lame guy. He gets healed. Peter goes by him and says, hey, look, silver and gold have I none. The guy's a beggar. He says, but what I have, I give to you. Get up. The guy gets up and starts dancing. Hasn't, hasn't walked in 40 years. And they arrest Peter and John. And they tell him, you guys need to shut up about this thing. And I, love, I, lo I just love this scripture. It's my favorite. Acts chapter 4, verse 20. It says, this is their response. As for us, we can't help but speak about it. We cannot help but speak about what we've seen and heard. Dude, a guy dies and comes back to life, and you want me to shut up about that? This guy hasn't walked in 40 years, and now he's up. You want me to be quiet? That's a miracle. And so what happens is that when the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life, he makes a change to the point. There's a change where you proclaim. There's a change where you proclaim. How can I be so bold about this? Because this stuff works. I've experienced it. And can I just encourage you? It's hard. It's hard to argue with a changed life. It's hard to argue with a changed life. And my life has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit, here's the cause. And because the Holy Spirit has anointed me because he wants me to proclaim the good news. Can I just encourage you, my friends? The world needs good news. I thought you'd be a little more excited than that. Because I'm preaching better than you're responding. Let me try that again. Ready? I'm going to set you up because you already know the answer. The world needs good news. Now check this out. He says that we're supposed to proclaim the good news to the poor. I look words up in the Greek dictionary for you. Say thank you, Pastor Phil. I did, I did the study. You know, sometimes when we, when we look at poor, we think void of wealth. And that does mean that we need to be. But I thought this... this I thought this was, was so powerful because this word poor means destitute of wealth. Listen to this, influence. I wonder how many people because of their sin have lost influence. I wonder, it says destitute of wealth, influence, watch this, position, honor. This was my favorite. It also means people who are powerless and helpless. Powerless to accomplish an end. In other words, this gospel, and that's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power. Power. Did you ever hear that song? I got the power. <laughs> it's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. Oh, it's hectic, all right. It ain't getting. And the gospel comes to you to make your life good news. And that power that's inside of you, God wants that power to flow out of you because there are people who are powerless. And you, here's what you hear. They don't say, I'm powerless. Here's what they say, I'm overwhelmed. There may be some of you today, you're just overwhelmed with life. You feel like you have a power shortage. Well, thank God. Here's the good news for this catalyst that comes into your life to get you moving, to get, to change you. Come on, somebody, to help you. And we all know people. We all know people who feel powerless, right? And that's the gospel of the good news.
He's going to make our lives good news to proclaim. And I just ask you today, what are you proclaiming about? I know some people, all they talk about is fitness. Hey, God bless you. I love you, man. It's great. Right? You eat a hamburger and they just look at you like, you should take the bread off that. (laughs) Hey, I love you. Fitness people, I love you. Okay? I love you. But there are a couple things more important fitness. And one of that, because I agree, fitness changes people's life. It hasn't changed mine yet, but it will. (laughs) At some point, we'll get into it. Health is good. But more important than all of those things is Jesus. Because that's what our world needs. And I want to make sure in my life that that, that's what I'm proclaiming more than anything else. That the Holy Spirit comes upon us to make our lives good news. Before I go to this next point, whatever you're facing that has caused your life to be bad news, I want to tell you today, we're going to pray at the end of the service. Because God, he is an expert. He is an expert in taking bad news and making it into good news. Every person in this Bible that he used, all were imperfect people. Some of them had, their lives were, and we read about it, but you know what? God can take bad news and make it into good news. Are you glad you came to church today? See, you're gonna find out that in the New Testament, one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit being upon people is they were bold in what they said. They're just bold, man. They just, these guys in the faith, you know, we, we won't shut up. I mean, it was just a boldness. It's supernatural. And you're going to find out, and maybe you'll like this part, but you're going to find out in the future that there's a lot of comparisons to getting drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know drunk people are always loud? Now, I'm not, I'm not a drinker. I used to drink when I was young, but I had the opposite effect. I drank and fell asleep. I don't know why, but that was just, but I always had friends and they start saying stuff that they shouldn't be saying, but it's because they were drunk. But I had to get drunk today in the Holy Spirit just to get up and be bold to you today because it's one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is you get bold. And here's what the Bible says. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to save some money. You won't be buying so much alcohol. Come on, somebody. Don't buy alcohol. Okay. Here's number two. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is upon me because, number two, because he knew that broken hearts would need healing. God knew that there's going to be people where your hearts are going to be broken. This word broken means this, crushed. It means pieces. But I thought what's interesting about this Greek word, it means to trample down. In other words, people's hearts get broken. And we use this vernacular today. We use this verbiage today. Someone just walked all over me. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, man, I just feel like I was used like a doormat. Somebody just walked all over me, right? And as a, as a result, because they didn't value you, your heart was broken, Maybe somebody broke up with you. Maybe some things happened where you just, your heart became shattered. Well, here's the great news. God is the great physician. He is the best heart surgeon. He doesn't just do surgery. He does a whole new heart transplant. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God can take a heart of stone and make it into a heart of flesh. But when the Holy Spirit, this catalyst, comes to your heart, here's what he wants to do. He wants to heal it. But I love this because this word heal, right, it doesn't just mean heal as in make better. It actually means this, wholeness. 
You know what wholeness means? Wholeness means like it never even happened. See, he doesn't just put the pieces back of your heart together and use some Gorilla Glue and put it in there and go, here's your heart that I mended together. And that would be powerful. You know what he does is he heals it so it's whole. So when you look at it, you couldn't even tell it was broken. I've experienced that for many years. Never knew my father, never seen his face, found out that probably about seven months ago that he passed away. So I would never, ever have the chance to meet him. Never seen his face. But my mom says he's really handsome. But anyway, so why are you laughing? That ain't right. You just broke my heart. It's tearing up my heart. Okay, so a little in sync there for you. My heart was shattered to the point I couldn't even call God father because of the brokenness. And today, I talk about it like it never even happened. Like I have the best father in the world because I do. And what the Holy Spirit did, he, he healed me. Listen, but he made me whole. And I'm telling you that when the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life, not only will he heal you, but see, you become a carrier of healing to other people. You're not the healer. That's why we say hurt people hurt people. But you know what? Healed people heal people. Healed people heal people. That's why I can't tell you in 20s, and I think that's why God put me in youth ministry, because I helped so many kids that were fatherless become men of God. And you know how they did it? Because I had a whole heart. I knew what it was like to have a broken heart. And I took them on the path that God set me by the power of the Holy Spirit. They are God. And people walk up to me all the time. Yeah, you can give God a great round of applause. And, and I just, can, can I just encourage you? Because people walk up to me all the time and they, talk, and they say, I never knew that. I would never tell that. That's right, because you're looking at a whole person. And you think because we stand behind this that we, you know, that we don't put our pants on the same way everybody else that we do. I have problems too, but here's what I know. I know this catalyst called the Holy Spirit who what he does is he heals broken hearts and he makes people whole. And no matter where you are in life, no matter how broken down you've been, no matter who's hurt you, abused you, used you, the Holy Spirit can make you whole again. Whole again. Come on, let's give him a great round of applause this morning. But can I tell you, when he starts moving, he's moving and he wants to work in your life. Can I tell you, this is what he's going to do. And here's where is the challenge. Are you going to respond? Here's what I found, how he does, how he works in our hearts. The Holy Spirit will cause you to deal with it. He starts bringing to your attention. That's how I know he... I couldn't not deal with what was going on with my dad. I actually didn't even know what was going on. I just, I just thought I was a wild child. But then I realized I didn't have affirmation in my life. I didn't have an identity in my life. All that comes from the father relationship. I, I figured that out because there was a preacher up here talking about it. And, and as he was talking, I was bawling. I was like, man, I, that, that's me. He says, and, and you're void. You live in a void life. You feel like you don't have enough. You don't, and that's all because you have needs that were never met by your father. And I'm sitting there crying. And the Holy Spirit was working in my life. But here's what I had to do. I had to respond to it and say, that's me. That's me. And, and I need to deal with it. And here's the second thing he, he wants you to do. When he starts to move, he'll cause you to surrender it. Not just deal with it. But say, God, and this is what I had to do. I had to take the pieces of my broken heart, and I said, here it is. Now, see, what we do sometimes is we're like, Pastor Phil, my, my heart's broken. God doesn't want this. God wants a perfect heart. No, you know what he wants? He wants you. Broken, 
busted, disgusted. He wants you. And we need to stop trying to change ourselves and let the Holy Spirit change us. How many of you figured out you can't change yourself? You need a power greater than you, which is the Holy Spirit, to come inside you and change you. But here's the thing. He's going to ask you to surrender it. And then you know what? So he can heal it. Now, I've been a pastor way too long to realize some people don't want to surrender it. And can I tell you why? Because they like being a victim. They like the attention that it gets. Or for some people, this is the thing. It's just too painful, Phil. But can I encourage you? You're not dealing with this alone. And I like to say it this way. I would rather have a moment of pain and a lifetime of freedom than a lifetime of pain. And I'm telling you today that whoever you are here, that your heart is broken. God's not here to hurt you. He's here to heal you today. This is what he does. And Jesus said, this is the cause and because the Holy Spirit has come to heal your broken heart. And you may say, my heart's good, I'm all good. You may need this message when you pull out of the parking lot. You may need this message in a week, but you know the Holy Spirit, when you begin to know him, this is what he does. Is this good this morning? He's so good. And then Jesus said this. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Here's another cause to proclaim liberty to the captive. So here's number three. So people can live in freedom. The Christian life is the most free life. And I think what people think about God and, 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 and in his Holy Spirit, that it's really confining. You know, freedom isn't just about saying yes. Freedom is having the strength to say no. Freedom has the strength. You know, there were many things as a teenager and going to parties that I thought, man, that thing's not going to have a hold on me. I have a hold on it. And for me, that one thing was cigarette smoking. Nicotine is one of the most, the most addicting things. They say that sometimes that nicotine can be more, more addicting than heroin. I was addicted and I could not break it. Listen, can I just tell you, I was not free. You know why I wasn't free? Because I couldn't say no. Oh, I could say yes. I think sometimes that's what we think what freedom is. Freedom is the ability, I could say yes to everything. I was in a place where I couldn't say no. I was held captive. And look what 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says about the Holy Spirit. Now the Lord is a what? The Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Come on, can we yell it out like a brave heart moment? Come on. That wasn't brave heart. That was like the notebook. Come on, let's try it again. Ready? Here we go. Freedom. 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 That's what, so you need to know this. When the Holy Spirit starts to work, he wants to start freeing you. So many people, even today, maybe in this room, listening to the sound of my voice, so many people live in a private prison. You know, I, I saw this statistic the other day. One in five adults have a mental health condition. One in five adults, that's over 40 million Americans, more than the populations of New York and Florida combined, according to Mental Health America. One in five adults are dealing with depression. And I'm gonna tell you one of the reasons why we deal with depression. One of those reasons is because we don't know our purpose. We don't know that there's a cause to live for. I think that's one of the reasons, there can be many 
There's nothing worse than being a slave to an addiction, depression. And it says here, to proclaim liberty to the captives. I thought this was interesting because the word proclaim means one thing when we first talked about proclaiming the gospel, but this in the Greek is a little different definition. It actually goes a little bit deeper. It says proclaiming with authority. In other words, when this catalyst moves in your heart, not only does he allow your life to become good news, not only does he hear your heart, he sets people free. But here's what happens. He gives you the power to start helping other people out of their prisons. He starts giving you the power to speak words. And a lot of times, you know what it is? Sharing your story of what God did in you can set people free. This word means proclaim. It means to proclaim with authority. Can I just ask you today, what area of your life do you need freedom? Freedom. There's many, but I just, just, just came to my heart. For some of you, it's in the area of finances. You just won't give. You won't give. And can I just tell you, that was me. I grew up very poor. Or as I like to say it, po, because we couldn't even afford the other O and R. We went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and we licked other people's fingers. I mean, we were so <laughs> poor. finger licking good we couldn't even lick our own we were poor man I know what it's like to get one thing and go this five dollars may have to last a week when my parents went through a divorce my mom was on food stamps I know what it's like to be there and you know what you can have a poverty mentality where you hold on and you hoard things but can I just tell you God can't bless that God can't bless what you keep he's gonna bless what you give and I had to break out of that prison. And here's what I have learned. I have learned that as I break out of that prison of generosity, God starts to supply my needs supernaturally. I don't even have to worry about it anymore. All as I worry about, I don't worry about the harvest. I just worry about what I can give because that's all I can control. I can't control the harvest, but I can control what I give. But it was a prison and it is a prison for many other people. And here's the last one for today. Jesus said, here's the cause and because that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is upon me to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Here's number four. So people can have insight. Now, he's not just talking about opening blind eyes, right? He does that. Jesus did that. You see that? The Holy Spirit was on Jesus. Blind eyes were open. We also know this. We also know that there are people that walk in darkness. And Paul talked about a veil that covers people, a veil of darkness, that people can can't see spiritual things. The Holy Spirit will do that. But I just want to go a little bit deeper right now as we close. This is actually talking about when the Holy Spirit starts to move in your life, you are going to have insight. Insight. In other words, listen to this. You're going to start to see things you've never seen before. This is what the Holy Spirit did when I was smoking. I could not, could not, could not break that addiction. Couldn't. And I started to pray. I knew that it was serious. I just started to pray. But you know one of the reasons why I started to pray? Because as the Holy Spirit started to move in my life, he started to show me, you have a purpose. You have a destiny. You're putting things in your body that are going to kill you. At first, I didn't care. Like, well, I don't care. 
I've already tried to commit suicide when I was 19 years old. I don't care. But something, something happened where I started to care. And you know what the Holy Spirit was doing? He was giving me insight to something that I never saw before. And I'm hoping today that as you look at me, that you start to realize on the inside that there's a purpose and a cause for your life. That all of us are to be living for the cause of Christ. Watch, you're valuable in God's eyes. But here's, let me go just a little bit deeper because in Acts chapter two, verse 17, watch what it says. It talks about in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? Notice what he says. I'm gonna sprinkle out my spirit. He's gonna, here's the generous God. He's gonna pour out his spirit on all people and look what happens. Here's some insight. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. You're gonna see into the future. That's insight. And this is what I love. This is my favorite. And old men will dream dreams. Can be honest, most old men dream about retirement. I can't wait. That's what they're talking. I can't wait. Two years, two hours, and 15 minutes. I am out of there. But when the Holy Spirit starts to move in your life, he brings this insight where old men start to dream dreams of the future. God begins to show people things that they wouldn't ever see before because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And can I just tell you, Jesus said as we close, that the Holy Spirit is upon me and he's gonna bring recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim, listen to this, the acceptable year of the Lord. My church family and friends, listen, we are living in the acceptable year of God's favor. You know, the Bible talks about a day of judgment. It's, isn't it interesting? It's a year of favor and one day of judgment. I want to live in the year and favor of the Lord. Come on, would you stand and let's give a God a great round of applause for his word today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.